Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. So listen, we're talking about Pinnacle Forum, and I want you to know it was it was the idea was launched by Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, as he challenged leaders to look at ways where they could use their influence for God in shaping culture. Well, you go down the road now, many, many years later, and Pinnacle Forum, the mission of Pinnacle Forum is to encourage and equip influential leaders through confidential forums supported by a national network to engage in personal and cultural transformation. Wow, my lips are run. They've run out of steam. They're all done. Supported by a national network to engage in personal and cultural transformation that honors Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Today, we have Bill Montgomery. He's a guy. I mean, if you follow national news, you've probably never heard this guy's name. But he's worked alongside another guy. He may mention, he may not. But Bill Montgomery is the Maricopa County attorney. Bill Montgomery, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you very much, Jim and Martha. It's excited. We're excited to have you here. We really are. And one of the things that we love to do so that our our listeners get a chance to know you a little bit better is to have you share how you became a follower of Jesus Christ. Sure. Uh, well, and uh, as a Catholic, I started off being baptized as an infant mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, had the opportunity to go to parochial school for first and second grade. Uh, where uh, I received uh, sacraments of initiation of uh, Eucharist and uh, reconciliation. Um, and, you know, that right there sort of set the foundation uh, for me. But, you know, as, as most young people, unfortunately, do, I drifted in and out of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really wasn't until I showed up at West Point in my first year in one evening uh, we were having a conversation, uh, my two roommates and I, and one of them uh, was an atheist, and so was challenging me about my beliefs and, uh, and, and, and where my faith came from. And he asked me a couple of questions, and I didn't have some really good answers, and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to say that I'm Christian, I should know why. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be a default, well, gosh, that's how I was baptized, or that's the way my parents raised me. Um, I needed to have some ownership. And so I, I went and met with uh, with a nun who was responsible for religious education. <laughs> and, there and, you go. And, yeah, and uh, and lo and behold, in two weeks uh, they're going to start a, a confirmation class uh, for religious education. And so uh, I, I wound up being confirmed as a Catholic at nineteen at uh, the Catholic Chapel at West Point. Uh, and uh, I would say that from that point forward, I was much more aware of and much more intentional about incorporating Christ into everything that I did. And then my faith walk uh, is still going on right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's never ended, and there are different seasons in our lives. And what I've been sharing with folks uh, more recently is that I'm at a point in my life where I I actually, now I love people. Um, I, I've been, you know, over the course of the last eight and a half years with the job that I have, I get to see people at their worst moments, mm-hmm. whether they're a criminal or a victim of a crime or a parent of a young man or woman that we're prosecuting, desperate for something to happen to bring some meaning to the situation. And it has challenged me and some of the most horrific of circumstances to still see the image and likeness of God in that other person. 
and to be very mindful of that. And again, that sort of intentionality requires me to maintain a consistent prayer life. Hmm. I don't always do it, uh, but it, it, it calls for me to um, to want to see Jesus in others and to want to experience that love and forgiveness, uh, to recall that I'm a beloved son too, and then in turn for me, because uh, there, there can't be any separation between your personal life and your work life, to then reflect that love of the Father towards my children. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, when I, when I catch myself coming up short, it's because I have not been the Father to them that I ask God the Father to be to me. What does all of that have to do with Pinnacle Forum? Well, it's an example of how you can see that Christians in leadership roles in the culture can have a disproportionate impact uh, if they are people who go out there and lead, okay? Um, I only gave the example of the woman in Kansas because this was, an, this was a woman who would lead as a Christian in the state legislature. Right. I could give you examples in Congress. I could give you examples of governors. Please, please <clears throat> well, give us some examples. We um, need to be encouraged that some of these people are really living out their faith in their work. Well, I have a, a longtime friend. He was a member of Congress for 14 years. He's actually a Pinnacle Forum partner. He's a former member of Congress. He was a client of mine for 10 years. Um, and the greatest compliment I gave to him was, after he served in Washington for 14 years, I said, it didn't change you. Mm, Washington did not change you. Wow. You were as humble and unpretentious and a public servant when you left as when you got there. And he did a whole lot of things quiet behind the scenes that a lot of people didn't see, yep. but an example, because when people say to me, are there really people trying to do these things? There are. Yes. There are. But typically, they're not media hounds. They're not, you know, the only thing is, we just need more of them. Yeah. Like Amen. exponentially more. The problem we run into, and I actually encountered this back in the 90s, I was a political consultant for a number of years. I had my own firm, so I worked with a lot of clients. And I actually had a Christian tell me that I was working against the will of God by working in politics. <laughs> they don't read their scriptures, obviously. Well, I asked the question, why? And she said, well, because it's prophesied that it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and then Jesus is going to come back. So we're supposed to let it go to hell in a handbasket <laughs> without helping. If I had been a smart aleck, actually I am a smart aleck, so, but if I had been a thoughtful smart aleck at the time, here's what I should have, would have said. So in other words, let's just all sin more and Jesus will come back sooner. Well, Romans, <laughs> what, what is it? In Romans, it opens up chapter 6. What should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that sin, sin may, so that so that grace, grace may increase? Uh, grace that's may abound, exactly. That's right. It's just, it's, there's, there is enough of a belief out there among a lot of Christians that we don't get involved in culture. And they really, I think, they, they've got this narrow view of what the gospel is. We actually had a speaker at our recent national conference who has a book called The Divided Gospel, The Consequences of Separating the Kingdom from the Gospel. Mm. Profound. Because it's really the gospel of the kingdom. If you read carefully in the scriptures, in Matthew it says, Jesus went everywhere proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So what does that mean? How are we supposed to live that out? We believe that means all of life is under the lordship of Christ, which means as a Christian, we are to be affecting all of life. Amen. For a Christian leader, that's especially important because of the amount of influence they have and thus footprint they have in terms of impact in the culture. That's what we do in Pinnacle Forum. And, one, and culture is a really big part of your conversation because you believe that these leaders um, can impact the culture which with, within which they are working, living, breathing, Married, family, neighborhood, all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's actually historical uh, under, uh, proof for this. There's a book written by a man named James Davison Hunter. He's a professor at University of Virginia. It's titled To Change the World. He looked at the history of how cultures change, 
And he said, whether for good or bad, cultures change when small groups of leaders work together towards common causes and influence the culture from the top down. Mm. And he would give multiple examples. He would give like Martin Luther as one example, or William Wilberforce on the one hand. And then he would give somebody like Lenin, who started with 17 men, on the other hand. So our view in Pinnacle Forum is if we as Christian leaders will begin to connect together, encourage each other, do life together in these forums, and be intentional about changing culture, we will change culture. But it's going to take a large amount of collaboration, and it's not going to just be Pinnacle Forum that does it. So how are you seeing collaboration within the kingdom as people get to meet? People are more and more minded today, Guy Rogers from Pinnacle Forum, than ever before about this whole idea of the Seven Mountain, because they've watched the enemy take over the seven mountains in our country. We need to take back those seven mountains in the name of God, not from a selfish standpoint, from, but from, hey, the real truth is what makes an impact. That's what will change culture. You're trying to do it in groups all across the country, and you are doing it, but it needs to be done in a million and a half people instead of maybe you know, three or 4,000 people. How, how do we build collaboration so that this, what's happening in a pinnacle form is happening everywhere? I think the answer to that question is more about how do we expand people's understanding of what we're actually called to do as Christians. Because if we understand that our calling as Christians is to advance the kingdom, not just to get to heaven, Mm. what I find when people grasp that they immediately start moving in directions of the types of things we're talking about. And it can be with, it can be with a C4 organization. It can be with, you know, uh, Oz Hillman's organization. It, it, these, and so what happens is I, I refer to it as multiple tributaries to an ever-expanding river. You cannot go about changing things if you don't understand that you yourself are under, misunderstanding the way things are. That's what has to happen. That's why our, our recent national conference, the theme was fulfilling our potential for God's kingdom calling. Right. If we grasp this, we will then start gravitating towards people who are also grasping it. And as we're doing that, even if we're not intentionally collaborating, we are collaborating. Because we are each filling a role in where the kingdom is going in a way that we weren't doing it before. So, you, I mean, you just mentioned something that most people are going, wait a minute, George Soros cares about a county attorney in Arizona and getting you defeated. What is it that you're doing that drew the attention of, you know, one of the guys that's the most anti-Christian in the world? I mean, he throws more money against, against Christians to fight Christians around the globe, what is it that you're doing that makes him want to do that? Um, so I'll put my humility hat on. Uh, I'm good at what I do. Uh, you know, we, uh, we're enjoying 50-year lows in crime. In the last seven years, I've reduced uh, the number of people we've been sending to prison by 30%. We've uh, uh, started to develop uh, cutting-edge diversion programs where I have a recidivism rate of 4%. Recidivism rate means inclined to repeat crime. I yep. learned that in, when I was 15. So a lot of people don't know what that word means. Yeah. And, and so for people who are, who are getting in trouble the first time or have substance abuse issues, we're diverting them from former criminal prosecution and giving them a chance to deal with the issues that they need to deal mm-hmm. with in order to be, again, the human beings that God created them to be. And that's my bottom line motivation. Uh, and I'm good at it. And, and I can get out and I can debate the people uh, from the left who want to argue that as a prosecutor, I'm vindictive. Prison's my first default. Um, I'm irresponsible with uh, the cases that we pursue the death penalty in. We have the, the fewest number of pending capital cases now than we've had in over 20 years. 
And it's not necessarily because uh, people aren't committing murder anymore. Because we focus prosecutors' efforts to make sure that when we're going to pursue that type of a penalty, we've got the type of case that the the people of this county would expect us to pursue it in. Um, I'm also opposed to drug legalization. Uh, I'm opposed to things that undermine safe and strong communities. And I'm not afraid to stand up and, and debate those issues. And again, I've been effective at doing it. So if you want to have a society in which criminals aren't accountable, in which impairing substances are made available to others, including children, and in which uh, uh, you don't want people to be effective in the public square in discussing matters of faith and substance, uh, then you don't want me. <laughs> and he tried to get rid of me. Hmm. So how much did you win by the last time? I won by six points. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it's a race that you know nobody knew my opponent. My opponent didn't raise over $26,000. So that $2 million uh, moved the needle quite a bit. Oh, my. Sure, that buys a lot of media time. All right. So let's talk to the listeners. I want to give you open forum on this. You are an elected official, uh, the, the, a county attorney from Maricopa County, Arizona. A lot of people listening going, Wow. Okay, so I could be a Jesus follower as a county attorney because we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, attorneys listening to the show and listening to the podcast later on. They're all wondering, well, how can I really make a difference? How can I really impact culture? Speak to them about the ability to actually be in a political office and actually uphold the law, and that it's okay to be a Christian doing all that stuff. Oh, sure. I I don't know how I would be able to manage all of the pressures and the stress if I didn't know that there was a God who had a mission for me. Um, you know, a few months ago, uh, our governor had to appoint a replacement for Senator John McCain. And my name was mentioned within the same context of others who may have been up for the appointment. And the media really wanted to know if I wanted it and if I was angling for it. And so I kept getting pestered at a press conference about whether or not I had been in touch with the governor's office. Have I spoken about it? And finally, I said, you know, enough. I believe as a Christian, that I'm where I'm at because this is where God wants me to be. Hmm. And if You said I that in a press conference? Oh, I sure did. You can go look it up on YouTube. On YouTube. There you go. Um, and, and thereafter, for a good several weeks and every now and then, too, uh, I'll get ridiculed for that. Uh, one of the headlines the next day was, uh, God unavailable for comment. So they were just going to have to take me at my word. Um, but... I, 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 I say that to say that with, without that faith, I wouldn't be able to put up with all the other nonsense uh, and understand that I'm, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. You know, my final reward is not going to come from uh, anybody on this earth. And when I stand before the judgment seat of God, he's going to ask me, what did you do for the least? He's not going to ask me, uh, how high of an office did you attain? Or what was your last margin of victory? Or... Uh, how many positive headlines did you get? Um, that's not it. I don't, and I don't do the work for them. I do the work for God first. You can listen to I work for him as we broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, courtesy of Pinnacle Forum. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at iworkforhim.com or follow us on social media at iworkforhim. And finally, 
If today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.